your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solo. All right, welcome to a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Got that day wrong one time last week. I just forgot what day it was. I think a lot of us have been there. Tuesday, all right. Uh, Doug Happel's going to join us. He's the city council member of District 12, also on the Police and Fire Commission. City Council passed the 2022 budget last night, so we're going to pick Doug's brain on on what that means, how that went. It was a unanimous decision, but I think there was a certain uh, you know a certain level of debate over passing it. It was about a 70 million dollar budget, I believe, um, raising taxes, raising taxes in the city of La Crosse. Uh, not a lot. I think that was the the point of contention was the the original budget wanted to raise the taxes by quite a bit and. Uh, this budget raises taxes by, I think, like 2%, somewhere around there, 2 point something percent. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to Doug about that. Doug's also on the Police and Fire Commission, so I think if we still have time, and I believe we will, we can talk about how the Police and Fire Commission oversees the City of La Crosse Police Department and how the La Crosse County Board is trying to create a a, a police oversight committee we're not sure uh, the very basic stages of that and get Doug's opinion. We always talk, well, Every time I have Doug on, we talk about that as well. So I just like to get his, like to pick his brain there as well. Uh, haven't checked the wire yet. Well, I have checked the wire. I haven't checked the wire in 20 minutes so we could see uh, where, you know, where we're at with the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. It doesn't look like, uh, doesn't look like we've come to any sort of decision at this point. Um. No, no new updates there. So, don't have anything. Uh, we'll see what Brad does for the news. You never know. Nine minutes from now, there could be there could be a decision made, or maybe somebody else has written it up. It's always funny how in how instantaneously we want the information as soon as the jury says the thing. We need to know the story. And uh, I kind of wonder sometimes uh, when we when we did when I was reporting on sports, uh, the deadline always got earlier and earlier, and oftentimes I was further and further away from the paper, so I had to either drive back to the building or just get. I, I often did a lot of uh, a lot of tailgate stories where I'd sit on my tailgate and just type and then send it over my send the story over my phone. Uh, always interesting, and always uh, some kind. Of, sometimes that that led to disaster, or I'd ask the you know athletic director or somebody to use their computer. But every once in a while, that didn't work out great either. I remember I think at one time I had to write on an, some sort of weird Apple computer. This is way back, and uh, I think I wrote the whole story in the subject line, which uh, somebody here does all the time when they send me an email. And I had to tell them, stop writing your emails in the subject line. You know who you are. <laughs> but I did that one time because the, the Apple setup on the email was way different. I just, I don't know, I don't know what happened. But it was, uh, I'm not even sure if that story ever got there. But it was a 70, it was like a Mabel Canton game and they had scored, Mabel Canton Spring Grove and there was 70 points scored uh, among the two teams. So it was super fun. But we needed, I had, like some of these stories they had to write in sports because the deadline would get so early. You would write the story while the game is happening because you kind of figure out which way the game's going to go or you'd write two versions. It was a lot harder during football season unless you were in the booth, but during basketball, you kind of sit at the sidelines and type. 
And uh, then you would just rearrange depending on who actually won the game, how the game ended. But if it's a blowout, you can kind of write the story. Well, the Kyle Rittenhouse case, you know, not that there's a huge deadline here online. It's just going to go online. But uh, I kind of wonder if the people covering it have uh, different versions of the story already written because the the way we are in society now is you got to have the story out, be the first to report on the story. Uh, And this isn't going to be... This isn't going to be some scoop that somebody has. Obviously, you could just go watch the trial, but uh, it will be interesting. To, you know, just the the idea that would somebody be writing a story as before the jury has made their you know decisions? I guess it would be really hard because there's more than one decision to be made here. Um. Anyway, so yeah, no no update on that, and um, we'll see. I'm not really sure how long. I'm, I don't have a ton of experience on how long. Uh, stuff like this would take, especially maybe it'll take days. I mean, isn't there a movie about, about this stuff or taking days? I don't know. Uh, such a tough decision. And not only, not, not the only case that's going on, as I talked about yesterday with uh, the case in Georgia, just not getting as much attention. I don't know why. Is it just because the, the, so many of the oddities, a 17 year old crossing state lines, having a gun illegally. And then uh, obviously I, I believe he's the, 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 the Kenosha protest, two people died. They were the two people that Kyle Rittenhouse shot. Nobody else was shot to death. So um, there's that. You know, the protests were so dangerous, and and uh, you needed to protect yourself. Well, only two people died, and they were the two people that Rittenhouse had shot. All right. So I've rambled enough, right? Did I filibuster enough before I can bring Doug on here and, and talk about the city budget? A $70 million budget uh, looks like, I think a lot of these just went up a little bit, you know, and the police and the fire take up most of this budget. Police gets about 12.3 million. The fire gets 11.9 million. If I did the numbers right. Um, There's also multiple, let's see in this one, in the one agenda on the, um, you know, just on the page, there's, there's just so many, there's so many things to download and then you get them downloaded and, then there, this this one, the, one of the agendas, the proposed budget is 110 pages long. Another one's just like a nice little eight PDF, eight page PDF. Uh, then there's old budgets. I was looking at an old budget, and I was t- trying to talk to Doug. I'm like, what am I looking at here? He's like, well, this one's from you know September, so that one's not even relevant. So anyway, uh, super confusing. Hopefully, Doug can sort some of it out for us uh, first. Let's bring Brad on to do the news, and then we'll be back with City Council Member Doug Happel. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line. If you want to text, shoot me a text. We got Doug Happel, City Council Member, on. He's going to help us break down the budget that was passed unanimously last night. Doug, is that surprising that it was unanimous? No, not really, because uh, this. This was not a one-night thing, Rick. It uh, basically started officially back in June, goes goes through a bunch of committees, and uh, there's guidelines that are presented and a lot of, lot of reductions taking place. So I, I, I'm, not, I'm not at all surprised that it was unanimous. It, there was certainly a lot of discussion and uh, a lot of guidance given to the mayor and the department heads, but... Uh, all in all, that's that's a very positive thing. You kind of get the so you get the original version of the budget back in June. Do you do you sit sit there and study it all night then, or what? Not really. <laughs> what 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 you basically what happens back in June is that uh, 
we don't even we don't and the council don't even have a budget yet. We get, we give guidelines to the uh, mayor and the department heads, and then they come back to us and and they work over the summer to come up with something. And they came back in, I believe. You probably got more stuff in front of you than I have in front of me, Rick. But I think they they then came back in very early September with a proposed budget, which uh, I'm, I'm sure was well-meaning, but had something like a $200 tax increase, which was not going to go anywhere. And uh, the part of the council that deals with that, which is called the Board of Estimates, it's about half the council, maybe a little more, uh, said, no, 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 you can't go that high, and told them they had to uh, bring it down to uh, less than it was last year. And I think last year was thirty-six dollars, and uh, so any, anyway, they had they had their marching orders, and uh, the mayor and the department heads came back, and I believe it was fairly early October, and had brought it down to thirty-one or thirty-two dollars, and had made a lot of cuts and so forth, and we told them, okay, you can now now you can move ahead with that, and this, this is making a long story short, but. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you say two hundred dollars. They came came back last night, and the council, of course, had had we had we had both uh, online and paper copies, and this is public as well. Uh, the budget in front of us for probably two weeks, so we had ample opportunity to look at it and so forth. And led to the meeting last night. There was some discussion, of course. I think the meeting was about two hours, and after it was all said and done, it was unanimously approved. Yeah, Doug, isn't your basement like some pin board and you got papers pinned all over and then and then pieces of yarn connecting one to the other, kind of like some conspiracy theorists trying to... No, not, 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 not anymore. No, no, <laughs> I, when I was a minister of the school district, I might have done that kind of stuff. But right now, it's, it's kind of being on the council. I can just tell the departments and the mayor what to do. <laughs> yeah. No, you've been I'm, on... I'm, I'm teasing, but, but uh, that, the, the council basically does not micromanage. We set, we set the broad policy guidelines... And then they, they are, and the mayor, who is the CEO of the city, is responsible to bring it back to us, which he did and did a very nice job uh, last night. And uh, the, the very fact that it, uh, budgets are not always unanimous, uh, but the very fact that it was uh, is a compliment to the work that they did. Now you've been doing, you've been on the council since 2011, and you represent District 12. I'll just say that. Uh, how many how many times is it not is it that odd for an original the original budget to have a lot of hey these are all this is kind of like the wish list and then we're going to whittle it down after that budgets always start high i i I hesitate to use the word wish list because that that predisposes that our departments are trying to get things they don't need uh because so I, I wouldn't call it a wish list per se, but budgets always start high and are always brought down. Not usually, they don't necessarily usually start quite as high as this one did, which might have a lot to do with the COVID business, you know, mm-hmm. and it was brought down significantly. Now the stuff that gets cut, can we put that on the naughty list then? It's the holidays. I don't know. We got to have some kind of, we got to name the list, Doug. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Maybe wish list is probably better than naughty list. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're going to cut this position. You're on the naughty list, so you don't you, yeah, you don't get any other, funny. Yeah, yeah, you know, people. Uh, 
Heck, it reminds me of my days with the school district. I always had principals who wanted more teachers, you know, and I said, no, you can't have more. And that didn't mean they were bad principals. They were just trying to do their job better. But there's also only so much money that's available uh, from the public sector. Yeah, and it looks like uh, you said two hundred dollars, about a thirteen percent increase in uh, profit. It was thirteen or fourteen percent, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, has has a, have you ever passed a budget that would have a, a, an increase of over ten percent in property taxes? Not in my knowledge. No, but they have, have a lot of budgets started yeah. started yeah, well, there. I've had them since two thousand eleven. Yeah, but the, the uh, I think this one is uh, in, in in the range of. Two uh, percent, just slightly over, slightly under, and uh, which is pretty good compared to since we're dealing with inflation of six percent. Yeah, and with when when you pass the budget, how 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 much was passing this budget harder than passing last year's budget? We're still in a pandemic. I don't know because last year we were really into the pandemic. Was last year's harder or or was I, was I would this- I would actually think say that and I mean this is not easy. Again, I'm not. I'll answer the question, but uh, the, the council in and of itself is really not working on all the minute details because that we, we try not to micromanage. Yeah. But also we are looking at everything that they're doing. I would probably say, Rick, uh, last year might have been more difficult because uh, you didn't know where this pandemic stuff was going to go. Our, our revenues were, were drastically reduced by because we, we, the, the hotels were not open, so we were not getting the room tax. The lacrosse center was not open, so we weren't getting the revenue from that. Uh, so, so that made it more difficult, and, and we had to make some cuts last year. Uh, people and, and, and we were able to restore it. This, and we'll probably talk about it. Mm-hmm. But like, but like in, in the library, and that, that was not a pleasant thing to do, you know. So, so, so there were there were some reductions we had to make last year that were really tough to do. Yeah, you had to make some some just like because of the unknown factor going well, forward. Well, yeah, and, that, and that's really, that that was probably really the key. I, I, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow? But but uh, you know, probably things will be fairly normal for a while now. But last year, you didn't know if we were going to get back to normal. And I mean, last year when we were doing this, there wasn't even any vaccine out there. Mm-hmm. You know. So, so you didn't know quite what the heck was going to happen. Well, and it makes sense that the budget, even the original budget, comes up really high because you're trying to make up for what you lost last year a little bit in, in terms of filling the gaps on some things, right? That's exactly what was going on. Um, and now we have, you know, I don't know, we, we've got about five minutes here to before we have to go to break. Do you want to try to explain these, this uh, expenditure restraint program? Is, I'll, is, I'll, do, I'll do my best. Again, okay. this is one where we rely on the finance director and his staff to do with it. But uh, all city and county and municipal budgets are, are re- really restricted very much by state statute, and the state allows us. And the state state gives us that uh, we get about fifteen, sixteen million dollars a year from the state, so that kind of balances things out. But uh, you, you the, this expenditure restraint program puts a cap on how much you can increase your budgets, and they're talking about your revenue. And we've always stayed within that. For this year's budget, we've actually opted out of it. Doesn't raise anybody's taxes a penny, but we opted out of it because uh, that that program just defines revenue as revenue. And uh, part of the revenue we've got right now are these American relief funds that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Biden, I call them Biden bucks, Doug. 
Yep, and and they're and they're coming in. And yet, if we had stayed under that expenditure relief program, we'd have to use them as part of our total revenue. By taking that out, it kind of opened things up a bit. And for example, be real specific, uh, we were able to add in three positions in the library that we had to cut last year. We were led back in two positions in La Crosse that we had to cut last year. And if we couldn't have done that, we either would have not been able to relieve the library or we've had to cut something else. And it's basically a one-year thing. It just changes the base of the budget. A year from now, the city has the opportunity to either opt in or opt out again. And that's very, it's fairly normal across the state. It was not completely normal for La Crosse. Although I will say that for the last two or three years, our former council president, Martin Gall, was encouraging us to use the expenditure relief program but but restraint program, but we and we didn't last year because last year we didn't know what relief funds we were going to get. Mm-hmm. What is the risk in the future of getting out of this program, even just, if it's just for one year? Is there a risk down the road? Uh, the uh, the potential risk is that it does change your base for future budgets. The potential relief is it gives you more flexibility, and and the the saving grace is that you can only do it one year at a time. Okay, and the budget about the budget this year is about seventy million dollars, I believe. A- approximately, uh, it's uh, that's where it gets kind of confusing. You've you've got that more or less the regular budget, but then on top of it, you got the capital improvement, which was dealt with previously. You've got uh, uh, various revenues coming in from bunches of places. The, the property tax revenue is about thirty-six million. Of that seventy million. Did the American Rescue Plan Act funding, the Biden bucks, as I like to joke, did that help fill a lot of the holes in, in the budget by, and then getting out of this state program uh, that well, you could fill with, those holes? With, with, within reason, there's, there's a lot of re- – the federal government never does anything without uh, putting restrictions on it. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot – for example, we, we are not, we're not uh, – I believe we're not allowed to use that to add positions for the sake of adding positions, you know. We, we were able to use it to restore yep. positions like the library. And uh, I believe we were using about 700000 to help uh, with the homeless uh, situation, which I suppose you could have done out of the regular budget, but I don't know where we'd have found 700000 Right. So, so, so it, 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 the federal government always puts strings on stuff. I mean, that's, that's part of their mode of operations. Well, and that's what the expenditure restraint program does too, right? The state kind of puts a little bit, some strings on because it. it, it well, it, it does to the extent they're telling you what you can change your budgets, but mm-hmm. uh, they're they're really not quite that restrictive. The state isn't actually too bad. Uh, when when you when you opt out of this program for the year, you're opting out of a little bit of state funding, right? Uh, not a whole lot. There there may be a tiny amount. I gotta. You're probably looking at the chart in front of you. There, there is not a whole lot, really. Okay. Because I yeah I just wonder because then if you opt out and you lose some state money but you're getting it from the feds you're just kind of replacing well and that's that's what's happening in this case I mean the the the, the risk factor is that I suppose you could raise your taxes so that would not go over big you know so it's it, this this was the only way we could really utilize those relief funds without it causing us to cut something else out. Well, and you talk about you know what I'm looking at on my screen, Doug. I've got a 110 page document open. I've got a, another eight page PDF. The, that was that was the budget. 
that uh, was approved last night that we had in front of us for about two weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, for for anyone that just lives in the city trying to decipher this stuff seems pretty pretty uh, like a, a daunting task. Try sitting on a city council and try to decipher it. <laughs> uh, so, did you work yourself in a raise then on the budget then too? No, not really. <laughs> Are you surprised that stuff like, like the police, the police department, and the fire department take up a good chunk? I think about twenty three or four million, twenty three million yeah, of and the that, budget. And actually, well, first of all, I, you know, being on the police and fire commission, every department's important, but public safety is probably the most important. But there's actually a lot of logic to that because. Uh, and I, I don't have these exact numbers on top of my head here, but there's some 500, 550 city employees, something like that. Mm-hmm. And you, we've got between sworn and civilian employees, there's probably over 200 in the police and fire departments combined. So, and, and we know that personnel is your greatest expense, and, and so and so you so that that would indicate why those departments would be probably the most expensive in in in, in the budget. Yeah, and it looks like you know I'm looking at a proposed budget. So the 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 police went from 11.6 million last year. They dropped quite a bit from 2020 to 2021, um, or this year I should say. But then they're up just over 12 million this year. Is that because uh, uh, just simply because of raises? Well, the, there are raises that are incorporated in in all of these budgets, and that's that's allowed for. The police did lose a couple of uh, positions because of the school resource officer. Mm-hmm. Situation and uh, then they they also that there are things and, and this is how our departments work so well they they can manage how much overtime is allowed uh, sometimes we, we we have people retiring and they they may and, and you got to be very cautious with this but it'd be a, not replace the retired positions quite as quickly. Mm-hmm. Which then saves you some money, so you can you can handle your budget that way. And both police and fire are very, very efficient at doing that. All right, we're talking with Doug Happel, Lacrosse City Council member, District Twelve. Like you said, on the Police and Fire Commission, we got to take a break. Scott's comment coming up. Brad doing the news. When we come back, we're just going to talk a little bit about the uh, Lacrosse County's um, you know plan to create a police oversight board. Uh, I always okay. like to have Doug on here because he's on the Police and Fire Commission. All right, we'll be back in one minute. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914. If anyone wants to text, we're going to talk to Doug Happel. He's on the Police and Fire Commission about what the county board passed not too long ago, uh, the the idea of studying uh, a police oversight commission or board, or we don't even know what we're going to call it at this point, a, a police board that doesn't that may or may not involve police, but it will involve looking over police. Uh, Doug, this is something you you I I don't I think you're opposed to this. If I was just going to guess, well, it it it, uh, it if we're talking a board that oversees the police, I would I would have some difficulty with that because uh, there is oversight already for police and fire departments and a police and fire commission. Uh, on the other hand, if if I understand what's going on with the county uh it it may it may be well intentioned they're trying to create some transparency i think sometimes you talk the word board it sounds like sounds awful oppressive and so forth mm-hmm. uh if if it's something that helps the public understand what our police 
and it shouldn't be restricted as the police, police and fire departments do, because they they do an outstanding job. The people in that uh, that they are, we talk first. They're first responders. I mean, uh, they do an outstanding job. Uh, if if any, and, and what I as I understand what the county passed, I, I think it. It was okay with respect to what our uh, chief and the sheriff seemed to think. Uh, if if someone's looking at something which is uh, just to be real blunt, a gotcha type thing, that's not good. Uh, if something's if someone's looking at something to uh, help transparency and help the public understand better what their police and fire departments do, that is very good. Now, it, uh, with respect to the oversight, uh, the oversight already exists. It exists in the police and fire commission at the county level. I believe it's the board. At the city level, the uh, city council has oversight with respect to budget. Police and fire commission has oversight with respect to personnel. How often do you, as a police uh, on the police and fire, are you you're the head of that now, right? Yes. On the police I, and fire, I, I was going to say you're, you're jumping ahead of what I was what I was going to say here. There, there is a very well established procedure that if a person has a complaint, they can take it to the commission, which we would deal with. Uh, nearly always, when there is a complaint, the best place to start is with the chief. Just like if if you have kids in school and you've got a problem with the teacher, what do you do? You go to the principal, you know. And if you've got a problem with the principal, what do you do? You go to the superintendent. And then eventually you may go with the board, which would be their thing. Uh, as, as chair of the Police and Fire Commission, uh, I, I, I can't go into much detail, Rick, but uh, if, if there are any incidences that lead to the suspension of a police officer or a firefighter, I get, a, I get notified from the, by the police or fire chief. And there's very few of those. That doesn't mean there are not disciplinary incidents that occur because uh, the, we all we all know I think what the uh, uh, the chain can be from discipline it can be from a verbal warning to a written warning to a suspension and I am notified of any suspensions and there's not been a whole lot. Yeah, and and when it comes to the police and fire commission, when that stuff does get to your desk, so to speak, I know you don't really have a desk, but. Uh, when it does get to you, when what is your obligation to inform the public of such matters? Well, you, you, I'm going to back you up just a touch. If it if it gets to us, what we we usually we would uh, review what's brought to us, and we would usually appoint an, an investigator, which may or may or may not be the city attorney or maybe some other attorney. But we would appoint someone to serve as an independent investigator and bring back the report to us, and if necessary. We would have a hearing to go through that. Uh, the level of how much we can make available to the public it might be somewhat limited because you're balancing uh, <laughs> privacy laws <laughs> with with what's happened and so forth. Uh, but if we would have a hearing, that of course would be noticed publicly. But the public would probably not be allowed into the hearing. Just a, a couple, maybe a month ago, or not even, uh, there was an open records request into a, a police officer that resigned before he was going to be terminated. Um, and, and there was some, I think there was some misunderstandings or some some loops, not loopholes. Uh, I think there was just some paperwork that got mishandled where the city didn't uh, grant this open records request. But it, but it ended up being, you know, uh, a police officer that, that, that resigned before he got fired how how 
Does the should the public know about stuff like that that happens within you know the police or the fire department? Well, that that that's a that's a little hard to answer. Probably to an extent, they they could know what's going on. And in this case, the open records request. But how much you know about that? Because uh, I go back to my school district days. I can't tell you how many employees resigned rather than being fired. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, not that you would, but if you have a problem at the radio station, they say, Rick, uh, you know, you got two choices. You know, how much of that becomes public? Right, and even yeah, even with the school district, if I if I, if there's a teacher that ends up resigning because they did something. Uh, you know, whatever it be, you know, that might be a little controversial and they resign before they get fired. I feel like maybe the public should know that. Hey, what did this person do that used to be teaching my kids? How much the public needs to go. I go back to my school district days. If it's something that caused a license infraction that they should not teach somewhere else, that is then covered by the Department of Public Instruction and and no other district could, could, could hire them. Uh, if you're dealing with the city and so forth, usually in these resignation things, there's an indication that if someone checks back on their record, we're, we're not we're not going to say, well, this is just the most wonderful police officer we ever had, you know. Yeah. So there, there, there. Again, you ha- you have to almost have dealt with these things, and I've got the advantage of having dealt with them as an administrator, and now I can kind of see them, you know, as uh, as uh, as an official, but they they can be dealt with and. I guess that's all I can say. They can be dealt with, and, and there's there's a balancing act between how much the you usually tip in favor of the public knowing, but you cannot allow too much information out because you also can't destroy the person's reputation. Yeah, and, and you know, in in this case, I believe the uh, the officer that resigned. I think it was just a DUI at some point. I don't think it was even uh, you know I don't know any more details of that. If it was his tenth DUI, then maybe we should ask why he was on the department anyway. Well, uh, see, and what's interesting there, and I know you've got limited time on the on, on the program, Rick, but uh, you know, the, the probably the most one of the most important things the police and fire commission does uh, is that we interview. And then approve uh, appointments for police and fire fire fire. In fact, tomorrow we got interviews for fire lieutenants. But one of the questions that is on uh, all police officer applications is: Have you ever been arrested for uh, or traffic offenses? And if they've had a DUI, they, that's that's got to be put in there. And then the background checks that have it doesn't mean somebody can't screw up later on. But the background checks and the psychological tests that happen are something else. They're probably more than you got for being a radio announcer. They're probably more than I got to be for a school administrator. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and I think that's important. I think, uh, you know, those things seem seem like they, they should we happen. Don't, we, don't, we, we don't just walk down the street and say, hey, are you interested in being a police officer or a firefighter? I mean, there is the background checks are, are, are something else. Yeah, and, and at this point, do you, I mean, at this point, too, the the police departments are having trouble finding enough officers as we're well. Having, so we're having great trouble, and that's one of the concerns I, I I have with, and again, I think the, the county's well-intentioned, but I, I have concerns that the, just the, I don't know what word I'm looking for here, but the total impression we're giving on people who are interested in being police officers and firefighters, we had interviews uh, about two weeks ago for uh, police officers in the, in the city of Grass, and we had some good candidates. We interviewed five people. Okay. Not, not that's... 10, not 15, not 20. Five. Yeah, and then you used to have fifteen, twenty, huh? We used to have bunches. Well, and and there's a little bit of scrutiny there too, right? Like because if you had fifteen to twenty, you probably have your ability to well, pick. They, they, and 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 let, let's let's say, well, we used to have like fifty, 
and and the uh, the de- commission can't deal with fifty. So the chiefs and so forth would narrow it down to maybe ten or fifteen. Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what the total number was this time, but it was a whole lot less than fifty, and and they only found five that we could look at. Yeah, and at that point too, because there there is this the conundrum where you hey we need police officers the the pool of applicants is so small but you can't just accept you know you can't ah eh, he's good enough you can't really do that you, you when it comes to you can't take anybody just because they're they're breathing and walking right yeah and and the, and you're in I I wouldn't say I w- you know you could tell me if you are but you're not in a desperate situation but it is a situation where you need officers well well look lacrosse is is. Which is a compliment to the community and the whole budget process you were talking about. Lacrosse is 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 viewed as a very positive place to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's not a not a ton of uh, not a ton of you know mishandlings with the police department. I don't, I don't see you know, but maybe that's that's because you you there, people there, are the... there 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 have been some issues and they 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 sometimes are are public and. Uh, but uh, they're few and far between. Well, I was going to say, you know, I haven't heard about them, but that's because you on the Police and Fire Commission are covering them all up. Well, and, <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, I was just actually, uh, I'm probably going outside my line here, but, you know, lacrosse, for example, we have body cameras and all these things on our officers. And I was reading a story today about the Madison Police Department. Mm-hmm. And I was, unless I misread it, it was on Channel 3. Uh, they may not have body cameras yet down there. Oh, they don't have them yet. I remember seeing that the Capitol Police officers, our legislature, denied having body cams at the on the Capitol Police. See, and and that and, and lacrosse is when all this chokehold stuff was coming out about a year or two back. Heck, it, it was several years ago. Lacrosse prohibited chokeholds. Yeah, lacrosse seems to be a, a step ahead. But are the outlying police stations and and departments doing the same thing as lacrosse? You know. I, I don't I don't know again I would I would I would think they're they're all pretty good they they're actually there's there are police and fire commissions in in essentially in every community so right but having one that that the county has a little outside of the department might be able to kind of you know rein in some of this stuff where we get everyone on the same page you get maybe get everyone on the lacrosse well, police I, would, I would say that you know if if the uh, if the intent is Similar to the uh, what's it called, the Criminal Justice Council. Yep, that's pretty good. Sure. If the in, if the intent is to try to focus in on any specific uh, uh, department or officers, that's not good. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, there might be some bad apples that that think that. I'm not. I'm I'll, not really I'll sure. I'll guarantee you got that. But then, but that's, but then you 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 prevent that by doing the best possible job you can in hiring, and then by doing the best possible job you can in oversight. And then you hate to do it, but if you got to let somebody go, you let them go. Yeah, and the, the same way we're going to – we're just – and at this point, we're looking into what we would create as an oversight committee for police in the county. Uh, and if, if that ever happened and somebody we got some bad apples on that on that committee, then we would just get rid of them the same way the Police and Fire Commission would get rid of somebody that, that slipped through and got onto, uh, onto the police force, right? That would be up on the, the county board, but I, I would – I would expect being appointed to something you don't quite go. Heck, I, I, I didn't have to go through all these background checks to be on the uh, city council, the police and fire commission. So, so yeah. I mean, the background checks we do to hire officers and firefighters is something else.
Yeah, well, maybe we should put you through a background check, Doug. Just I might, to... I, I, I might be, I might be out of a job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Doug, I, th- I really appreciate you spending an hour with us and and kind of uh, let me. Oh, pick you're your very brain. welcome, Rick. I enjoyed it. All right, thanks a lot. Yep, yeah, bye. All right, that was Doug Happel, city council member, District 12. Been there doing that since 2011. And uh, like you said, he's the head of the Police and Fire Commission. Uh, We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. A couple minutes here to wrap up. You want to get in? 608-785-7914. Why do I say that so fast? 608-785-7914. I think I, I do have a call. We'll see. I think Dave David is calling. David, no, there now he's gone. All right, Dave, that was your chance, man. So impatient. <laughs> um, yeah, trying to. I uh, appreciate Doug Happel coming on, trying to help decipher this budget. Uh, very detailed. There's a lot of a lot of PDFs to download. The same with the same with the Cross County budget. It's kind of the same deal. Um, 110 pages here. I'm looking at. It's like where do you even start? <laughs> Well, page one, I guess, but uh, when, when, and if you get down to uh, page one hundred and 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 ten, uh, to to figure out what's going on with the budget, a little confusing. But that's why we have a city council and a mayor and all the department heads doing that. I guess you you, you essentially, and Doug said this a little bit. You you kind of put your trust into uh, into what they're doing. I think Kent's calling in. No, that's. Not having good luck today. Let's try this again. Let's try. Let's try. Okay, zero for three. Phone lines working great. I don't know what's going on. Sorry about that. I'll have to uh, check with engineering to see. Unless you all are hanging out before I answer you. If you you don't have five seconds to wait on hold <laughs> to get me. All right, let's try again. Kent. No. Okay. So definitely, definitely, definitely not having uh, any luck with the phone lines. I didn't know that until I tried to answer the phone today, so I'm sorry for uh, the beeps. Anyway, so Lacrosse City, the Lacrosse City, City of Lacrosse passed its budget yesterday, about seventy million dollars, going to raise property taxes by about two percent in the city, the city's portion of property taxes. You always got to point that out because there's different areas. The county's got a portion of property taxes. I think the the schools have a portion of property taxes. I want to say that's it, but I could be wrong. I'm not exactly a tax expert. Uh, Doug, Doug would admit he's probably not a tax expert or a budget expert either, but he's, uh, you know, we bring him on. He was nice enough to come on and help us break some of this down. Uh, it was interesting to hear that there was going to be <laughs> the original budget had about a $200 tax increase, uh, property tax increase. And they got that, they whittled that down to, I think about $32 for, if you owned a $150,000 home, your taxes are going to go up about $32. So you do the math there if you got a better home than that. Also, congrats on having a better home. Although your home value might have went up, right? We, that was a controversy. Uh, well, a couple of years ago in this city, when all everyone's home value just skyrocketed by by like twenty thousand dollars. Anyway, appreciate everyone for listening. Uh, I appreciate y'all for trying to call. I'm going to, if you're if you're still there, I'm going to try to answer the phone after I end the show here to see. So if you're listening, hold tight. I'm going to try to answer the phone without bugging everybody. Uh, as I do this, uh, work this thing out on the air. Um, it was it was interesting too. If you check out the city budget, the, uh, the police and fire take up most most of the money. Uh, police is about twelve million. Fire about twelve million as well. I think the fire is actually more than police this year, but just by a couple thousand dollars. 
Uh, streets get 5.6 million. If I wrote this down right, I could have been looking at the uh, the June, July, August, September budget. Who knows which one I downloaded? And uh, Parks and Rec gets about 4.3 million, and it's like Parks Rec forestry. You know, it's beyond just uh, you know slides in the park. <laughs> so. Um, anyway, appreciate everyone for listening. Tomorrow, I'm having uh, Lacrosse School Superintendent Dr. Aaron Engel on. Get get an update on how the schools are doing.